Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. This year I would like to discuss the Parsha, the section of Psukim in Parsha Shmini, which tell us the Ma'achalois Ha'asurais. They tell us which animals and fish and birds are forbidden to eat and which other ones are permitted. I will open with a short little story. Uh, once upon a time in my teenage years and my misguided youth, I once attended a service at a Reformed Jewish temple, and the rabbi there, who was not uh, an ignoramus by any means, he chose to speak about this topic. Perhaps it was Parsha Shemini, I don't remember. And he gave some very interesting rationales for the laws of Kashrus. And I was sitting and listening very intently. I was quite interested in what he had to say different uh, reasons for the laws of kashras. And then he concluded by saying, but I don't keep these laws, I eat everything. Uh, that is always one of the dangers of discussing <laughs> reasons for mitzvahs, that uh, maybe you uh, won't find them convincing enough and you will simply stop learning, stop doing the mitzvahs. Uh, that is certainly something I hope that this year will not lead anyone into. Let's begin with the first Pasuk in this section of Sukkim. Dabru el b'nei Yisrael Mor, speak to the b'nei Yisrael saying, this is, uh, as Rashi said before, this is a mitzvah that was given to Moshe, who was then supposed to tell it to Aaron, and who was then supposed to uh, tell Elazar and Isamar, and altogether they should tell the people. That's a, a different, a different point. But speak to the Bnei Yisrael, saying, "Zo asher This is the living animal. These are the animals that you shall eat. Mikol asher from all the domesticated animals that are upon the land. And it begins, and it tells us uh, the very well-known sukkim that in order to eat a an animal, it has to have. Uh, uh, split hooves and it has to chew its cud and then it talks about which uh, then it talks about the fish the fish has to have it has to have fins and scales and then it talks about the oifais, about the birds and that there the Torah does not uh, tell us which birds are kosher but rather it tells us certain specific birds which are not permitted and all others are at least according to the law of the Torah, all others are considered to be permitted. Uh, we normally begin and stick mostly with Rashi and these shiurim, but in order to develop some context, I'd like to go to some of the other Befarshim who discuss this mitzvah and discuss the rationale for the machalei sasures, for the forbidden foods. And the first on the list is going to be the Rambam. 
the Rambam in Moira Nevuchim, in Guide for the Perplexed. Of course, it is not a commentary on the Torah per se. He doesn't go from Pasuk to Pasuk. It is a, a book of philosophy, a book in which he intended to clarify certain difficult philosophical concepts. And the Rambam in Chelek Gimel, in the third section of the book, chapter 31, the Rambam gives his general theory, his general understanding of the reasons for the mitzvahs. He begins by saying that there are some people who find it difficult to give a reason for any of the commandments, and they consider it right to assume that the commandments and prohibitions have no rational basis, whatever. There are those who would prefer to believe that mitzvahs have no reasons at all. The Ramam says that people are led to this by a certain disease in their soul. And he says that these people think that if the mitzvahs, if the mitzvahs were useful in any respect, and if they were commanded because of their usefulness, so then it would seem that they must have come from the reason of some intelligent being. I'll read here just a few words, but as things which are not objects of reason and serve no purpose, they would undoubtedly be attributed to God because no thought of man could have produced them. So these people seem to think that the more unreasonable the mitzvahs are, the more we are to believe that they must have come from Hashem. And the less reason they have, then the one would have more reason to think that they are simply man-made. The Rambam rejects this idea completely. He says, according to the theory of those weak-minded people, persons, man is more perfect than his creator. For what man says or does has a certain object, whilst the create actions of God are different. He commands us to do what is of no use to us and forbids us to do what is harmless. That's how it would come out according to these opinions. So the Rambam says that can't be. And rather, the Rambam lays down a principle. He says, the sole object of the law, meaning of the Torah, is to benefit us. And the Rambam explains that this benefit that the mitzvahs bring to us is not something that is beyond our comprehension. It is something that we can understand. And he brings a very interesting proof. I've mentioned this before. The Rambam quotes a Pusik in Sefer Dvarim. It says, Asher Yishmu'un Eskola Chukim Ha'eva, the Torah in Sefer Dvarim admonishes us, Moshe Rabbeinu admonishes us to keep the mitzvah, to, to do the mitzvah. And he says, Asher Yishmu'un Eskola Chukim Ha'eva, the nations will hear of all these laws that you are keeping. Va'amru, and they will say, Rak'am chacham v'navayin ha'goy ha'gadolazeh. This must be a wise and understanding nation. Now, the Rambam says that if, if the mitzvahs had no understandable reason to them, if the mitzvahs would seem to be uh, unfathomable commandments, that no human being could see any use for them, then how could it be that when the nations would see us doing the mitzvahs, that they would say, oh, look how wise these Jews are. It must be that the, even the Goyim, even the, uh, with, within the limitations of their intellect and the limitations of their sensitivity, but 
they can also see that these mitzvahs are very useful and beneficial to mankind. And so the Rambam says, we must find in every mitzvah some benefit for us, for the human beings who are going to do them. And within this framework, the Rambam divides up all of the mitzvahs, I believe it's into 14 or 15 different categories. And the 13th category is these laws of forbidden food. And the Rambam makes the following general statement. I'll read it in English. Of course, the Mori Nebuchadnezzar was not written in Hebrew. It was written in Arabic. And therefore, uh, one, to a certain extent, one might, may, might as well may as well read it in, in a language that one understands best. So the Rambam here says, I maintain that the food which is forbidden by the law is unwholesome. The foods which the Torah forbids, they are not good for you. They're not wholesome. It's not good food. It's not good nutrition. There is nothing among the forbidden kinds of food whose injurious character is doubted. All of the different kinds of foods that the Torah forbids, they are injurious. They injure you, they damage you. And uh, it would seem that, we'll see soon, it seems that the Rambam does not mean necessarily, he does not mean a spiritual, some sort of a spiritual abstract kind of damage. No, he means they are not healthy for your body. He says he has some doubt about pork. He's not sure at first why pork is injurious to you, but he says that's also, that we can explain also. He says pork contains more moisture than necessary for human food and too much of superfluous matter. Uh, I'm not a doctor and I'm certainly not uh, well acquainted with the Rambam's theories of medicine, but the Rambam says he's a doctor and he feels that pork is not good for you, not good for your body. He also says that uh, pigs are very dirty animals and if we'd be allowed to eat them, so then uh, there would be, people would raise pigs and he says the streets and the houses would be more dirty than any cesspool, as may be seen at present in the country of the Franks. So uh, another practical reason why the Torah forbid us to eat the meat of the Chazir, because this would, uh, we would end up living in filth. He continues, he talks about the Chelev HaKerev, he talks about the, the fat of the, of the intestines, he says, it makes us full and interrupts our, our digestion and produces cold and thick blood. And he talks about blood and the vela, which is an animal that, that dies without shrito. And he says, these are indigestible, indigestible and injurious as food. A trefa is an animal which is in a diseased state. It's, it has some sort of internal injury from which it is going to die fairly soon. So he says, that's on the way of becoming an Avela. So if an Avela is indigestible, so a trefa is also indigestible. So the Rambam's grand principle is that all of the foods that are forbidden by the Torah are not good for your health. He also talks about basr v'cholav, and he says, meat boiled in milk is undoubtedly gross food. I think by gross, he means it's very thick and heavy and makes overfall. In one place, he does talk, he does say that perhaps 
there is a certain food that would be injurious, I wouldn't say to your neshama, he's not talking on a, uh, a Kabbalistic level, but it would be injurious to your morals. Let's see what he says here. He says, One second. The Ramam says that there is a prohibition of Oso Viespino. You are not allowed to slaughter. A, a mother animal and its child on the same day. And here he says that this would be cruel to the animal. Uh, that's not really the, the, the case that I'm looking for. Anyway, the general principle that the Rambam says, I'm not even sure if there is a, an exception, but the general principle is the foods that the Torah forbids are not good for your physical health. It should be noted and compared to this and, and joined to this that the Rambam in Mishneh Torah, in his legal code, in Hilchas Deis, the Rambam tells us that good, a good healthy body is something that is necessary to serve Hashem. The Rambam in Hilchas Deis, Perik Dalet, Halacha Aleph begins, or perhaps since having a complete and healthy body is midarche Hashem. It is one of the ways of Hashem. It's part of serving Hashem. because a person cannot understand the Torah and cannot understand Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and he cannot know HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the person is sick. If the person is ill, he really can't put in the work that is necessary to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to come to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, says the Rambam, a person has to distance himself from those things which destroy the body, meaning from those foods and from those practices which will cause damage and destroy the body, the person has to distance himself. And he must accustom himself, he must, uh, he must make a habit for himself of those things that are mavrin, those things that are nutritious, and machlimin, and those things that are healing. And these are they, and the Ramam goes through a whole long chapter telling you about how to eat and how to drink and what to eat and what to drink and what not to eat and what not to drink, drink all within the realm of kosher. He does not discuss here that you're not allowed to eat uh, chazer and so forth, but he's talking about which foods are healthy for you and which foods are not, because this is something that is important to your spirituality, even though it is purely physical. But the Rambam is very clear that uh, there is no real divide between the physical and the spiritual. You must have a healthy body in order to advance in your service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is the Rambam. The Ramban 
of course, wrote a commentary on the Torah. And so that is his context. His context is within the context of explaining the Psukim. Interestingly enough, when the Psukim in the, here in Parsha Shmini begin to tell us, for example, that if you want to eat a behemoth, it has to be, it has to have uh, split hoofs and it has to chew its cud, Ramban doesn't say anything. He does not talk about the reason. I'm not sure why not. And the psukim continue, and it tells us about the fish, that you're only allowed to eat a fish that has snap in the caskesis, that has fins and scales. And here also, the Ramban is quiet as far as the tam ha-mitzvah. doesn't say anything about the reason. It talks about some, some details in the halachas, but he does not go into the reason. But finally, a little bit later, the Pasuk says, These are the things that you shall uh, consider an abomination among the birds. And it, the Torah begins to list those birds that we are not permitted to eat. Here, the Ramban starts to take an interest in the reason. And again, I'm not sure why he waited until here. Because as we'll see, he now returns and now I'm having trouble finding it, but he now returns and speaks about the other issues also. Pardon me, this is not the first time I've had this problem that I lose things here. I had it highlighted. Okay. Oh, here we go. Let's read a little bit of Ranban. Vehine, tama The reason for the prohibition of these birds is mipnei achzorius toldaisom. It is because of their uh, nature of being achzori. They are uh, cruel. These are cruel birds. These are birds that that are toireif, as he will say so. These are birds of prey. And therefore, the Torah didn't want us to eat these birds of prey. And the animals that the Torah already told us about, it could also be, that they should be like this, meaning that they should be oser, because among those animals that chew their cud and have a split hoof, there are none of them that are do-race, that uh, grab and, and, and tear apart other animals. They are all uh, vegetarian animals. But all of the others, they are toireif. They are, they are animals of prey, and therefore they are forbidden. We find in their natures a difference amongst those animals, uh, between those that are permitted and those that are not. Something that the Chachamim mentioned, the milk of the behemoths that are tohor, like the cow and the sheep, it is made. it will coagulate if you leave it, and it will turn into cheese or butter. But the milk of those animals that are tame, like the pig and the camel, 
They do not coagulate. It will never turn into cheese. And in this way, they are different and they are recognizable. Now, it is, could be, according to this, the Ramban says that it could be that they damage the male reproductive organ, the male reproductive system. The, the zero which is uh, produced after a person eats those those milks, drinks that kind of milk, will be uh, cold and very moist, and it will not uh, be able to produce a child at all. Or it will not produce a good, healthy child. And then he goes on to say that uh, the meat of a pig, the, 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 the milk of a pig can cause saras, it can cause leprosy. Um, unfortunately, I don't know why this does not cooperate here. I'm sure there was more. Hold on one moment, please. The Ramban, Ramban also It talks about the the fish. He mentions that perhaps the fish that don't have uh, fins and scales are also uh, not healthy. But here, where the Ramam talks about these animals, that they are axorios, they are axorios. So the Ramban seems to be talking here about a kind of a spiritual damage that these forbidden foods can produce in a person. If a person will, will eat a... Uh, a bird that is a bird of prey, a bird that that uh, gets its food by by grabbing and tearing apart other birds or other animals. So that will produce in that person that same midah of Achzorius, and therefore the Torah wanted us to stay away from that. So here we have a, an idea which I'm not sure if the Rambam says it at all. If he does, he doesn't emphasize it quite as much. The Ramban talks about being that, that talks about the idea what that we would call you are what you eat and since there are certain animals that have very uh, unadmirable characteristics so the Torah tells us not to eat them still all in all okay these are the these are the uh, basic approaches of Rambam and Ramban and now we will go back to see what Rashi says. Of course, um, Rashi is writing a parish on the Torah. Rashi is concerned about pshat. I've mentioned many times that Rashi does not generally take it upon himself to give the reasons for mitzvahs. Here he does. We'll see it will become apparent very quickly, I think, if we pay attention, why he makes an exception here. Let's review the Pasuk. Dabru el Bnei Yisrael Lamor. Speak to the Bnei Yisrael saying, Zosachayo, this is the Chaya, this is the animal, Asher Toichlu, that you will eat. Nikol habehema Asher Alaoritz. And Rashi, Rashi's Dibur Hamaschil, his beginning words, his title is Zos Hachayo. This is the living animal. When you think about it, those two words would seem to be altogether 
superfluous. Plus, it could have simply said, Ze or Zos, Asher Teichlum, Mikola Behema. This is what you should, you may eat from all of the behemoths, from all of the animals. This word, Hachaya, Zos Hachaya, this whole phrase, would seem to be superfluous. So on that, Rashi comments, L'shoin Chayim. This is, the, the word Chaya is like the word Chayim, life. L'fishi Yisrael Dvekim Bamokim. Because Klal Yisrael is Dvekim Bamokim. They cling to HaKadosh Baruch They are close to God. Ru'uyim Liyos Chayim. And they are fit to be alive. They deserve to be alive. L'fichach, therefore, Hivdilim in Atuma. HaKadosh Baruch separated them from Tuma, from impurity, the Gozar Alehem Mitzvahs, and he decreed upon them commandments. Ula Umais, but to the nations, to the other nations, Lo Asar Klom. He did not forbid anything. The Goyim were allowed to eat just about anything. Other than Abram and Achai, a Goy can eat any food he likes, and they certainly do. Says Rashi, Moshal Noroife, there's a Moshal, there's a parable to a doctor. Who came in to visit a sick person, etc. As it is stated in the Midrash Tanhuma. So we'll click here and we'll take a look at the Midrash. The Midrash says that there was a Raifa who went to visit two Chaylam, two, two patients. He saw one of them was Bisakana, one of them was in grave danger. So he said to the people in his household, give him to eat whatever he wants. Then he went to see the other patient, and he saw that the other patient was a seed lich yos. The other patient was going to live. And so he said to the family of this other, of this second patient, kach v'kach machal yoichal, such and such a food he should eat, the kach v'kach lo yoichal, and such a food he should not eat. So they said, to the doctor, what's going on? Why is it that to this, to this person, to this patient you said, let him eat whatever he wants. And to this patient you said, no, he's, I'm putting him on a very strict diet. There are only certain things he's allowed to eat. So the doctor said, to this patient who was going to live, I told him, this you should eat and this you should not eat. But for that other patient, who was going to die, there's no hope for him anyway. They said, Whatever he wants, give him. Let, him. let him enjoy himself. He says, so that's the mashal. What is the nimshal? The kach HaKadosh Baruch Hu. la goyam ashkatsim v'haramotsim. HaKadosh Baruch allowed the nations of the world to eat all kinds of creeping, crawling insects and all kinds of animals and sea, sea, sea creatures and everything. It's all mutter. Abu Yisrael shehem l'chayim. But the Jews who are destined for life, they are intended to live in this world, and perhaps the Midrash means in the next world. So Amar Lahem, to them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, V'isim Kedoshim ki Kedoshani, you shall be holy, because I am holy. Al Tishaksim do not make an abomination of your souls. This you shall eat, this you shall not eat. Loisi tamu behem, etc., etc. That means, Rashi is saying, it would seem most likely 
Well, it's a little hard to tell in Rashi. The foods that HaKadosh Baruch Hu forbid to us, is it because they damage our physical life on this earth? Or is it because they damage us in some spiritual way? I think we could go either way in Rashi. But what is what I find very interesting about Rashi and what is Lishitasai, what is in following with the, with the general, with his general practice, is that first of all, he only addresses this subject of Tam HaMitzvah because of a peculiarity in the Pasuk, because he was concerned and disturbed. What does it mean, Zosachaya? Why are these words added, so to speak, into the Pasuk? So he said, okay, it's Lushayn Chayim, it is coming to, to, to hint to us the reason for these mitzvahs. And not only that, but even here, where Rashi does begin to talk about the, the Tamba mitzvah, number one, he only hints at the Midrash. Most of what we read from the Mishnah, from the Midrash, Rashi doesn't write out. He just says, It's a marshal to a, to a doctor who went to visit the, the patient, etc. Most of it he leaves out, and he introduces it with these words. Because Klai Yisrael is destined for life. So therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu removed from them Toma. And Rashi does not explain exactly what the Toma is. Whatever it is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu removed from us, that is what is mitzvahs, And he decreed upon them mitzvahs. In other words, what Rashi is saying is, even though there is uh, an understandable rationale, somewhat understandable, even though there is a way to approach and to understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu limited what we're allowed to eat, but ultimately it's a gzera. Ultimately it is a decree. He doesn't, he, unlike Rambam, who says very emphatically, all of these things are unhealthy for your body. And unlike Ramban, who makes it quite clear that many of these foods are unhealthy for your soul. Rashi doesn't commit himself to either, to either explanation. He simply says, God removed from us those things which are considered Tameh, the Gozar Alehem mitzvahs. And he commanded upon us, he decreed upon us certain mitzvahs. This, I think, is a, a very um, telling uh, few words which, which reveal to us Rashi's attitude towards Tameh mitzvahs that they are something that are not normally part of Pshuta Shal Mikra. Normally when we read a Pasuk and it tells us a mitzvah, if we are interested in Pshat, we don't have to know the reason. And even when we can delve into the reason, but even then, the mitzvahs must always retain an element of Gzeira, of being a divine decree, which may be beyond our understanding. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.